Hello everyone and welcome to ADC Sports Dallas Primetime. I'm Mauricio Rodriguez streaming with you live every Sunday through Thursday night here on ADC Sports on Dallas On Man Sports Talk Network with a lot more content coming your way, of course, throughout the entire 2021 season. Make sure you check out adcsports.com slash Dallas. How are you guys this Monday night? Victory Polo Monday for some of you, Victory Monday just for others of you. So enjoying the Cowboys aftermath after a huge win versus the New England Patriots last uh, Sunday, yesterday. So let's talk about it a little bit more on tonight's show. Of course, Monday Night Football is on right now. The Bills struggling a little bit more than we expected versus the Titans maybe on Monday night. I know I have a 14 money line parlay that I'm just, uh, you know, a little bit nervous about after that start and that huge Derrick Henry touchdown run. So right now the score is still 7-6. We'll see what happens on that football game in a few minutes and a few hours as well. We have a lot to talk about tonight. We mentioned... We wanted to talk more about Mike McCarthy on primetime, and we will. We will have an episode in which we will talk a little bit about him and whether or not he's overrated or underrated on that uh, for, for the fan base. So what is up, primetime Phil? Thank you for joining the chat. Dallas Junk as well. Uh, he was claiming first blood in the YouTube chat, but actually primetime Phil Got it. So shout out to Dallas Young and the YouTube audience. Uh, Junior Leos, however, does get the first blood on Facebook, saying, hoping Dak didn't hurt nothing more than what they said of his calf strain. We'll talk about it, and we'll talk about why I, I trust them. And Pro Football Doc actually talked in depth about Dak Prescott's calf strain, and he basically said the same things that the Cowboys are saying now. So I'm really not, not worried about it. We'll talk more about it um, in a few minutes. But yeah, I'm not worried about Dak Prescott's calf strain right now. Now that more of us are here, shout out to Stevie Mac, who is reminding you to hit the like button and share the show if you're watching on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter. As always, let your friends know that you're watching ADC Sports Dallas Primetime. Now that more of us are here, I think we can start the show officially. So let's do it. Let's go. everyone and welcome to ADC Sports Dallas Primetime. I'm Mauricio Rodriguez streaming with you live every Sunday through Thursday night at 8 p.m. Central here on Dallas On Demand Sports Talk Network with a lot more content coming your way. Make sure you check out adcsports.com slash Dallas. For your Cowboys content and your Mavericks content, Alec Cash is new to the ADC Sports team. Make sure you check his content out. He had this great article on three takeaways from the Dallas Cowboys' hard-fought victory versus the Patriots. Make sure you check that out once the show is over. But yeah, of course, ADC Sports is looking to be your one-stop for Cowboys content. And I'm, I hope you're enjoying the articles. I hope you're enjoying the shows from Sky, from Jesse Holly, and myself. And I thank you for being a part of this journey. A lot to talk about. 
And I think that we need to start by what Junior mentioned and brought up over on the Facebook chat. And let's talk about Dak Prescott because we cannot do a show if we are concerned about an injury to the Cowboys starting quarterback. So let's start off by saying maybe you shouldn't be worried at all. I mean, it's not ideal, of course, to be dealing with a mid-season injury for your quarterback, but it's not sounding like anything serious. And this has been confirmed by some reporters, the team itself, and Pro Football Doc. Now, I trust Pro Football Doc a lot in case that you do not follow him. I highly recommend you do. He's on Twitter. He has a website. He has a YouTube channel. He's a former Chargers NFL doctor, and he offered some interesting thoughts on the Dak injury, and we'll get into that. But first, let's talk about Michael Gelkin's report. He reported this morning that the Cowboys' plan is for Dak Prescott to be available October 31st, Halloween night versus the Minnesota Vikings. The Cavs train, of course, is something that the Cowboys have been dealing with with Michael Gallup, but it's not looking like it is a similar injury. Sure, it's a calf strain injury, but it's not looking like it's of the same severity. So hopefully that is the case. Hopefully the, the reports are accurate. And what Coach Mike McCarthy said today is also accurate. But, 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 I'm more interesting to talk to you about what pro football doc had to say last night because he uploaded a video and I thought it was very interesting. And he mentioned various, like, let's call them bullet points to be calm about this injury. Number one is that Dak Prescott actually continued to take steps after the throw because this did happen in the final play of the game. This happened when Dak Prescott found CeeDee Lamb for the game-winning walk-off touchdown on overtime. Dak Prescott throws the, the, the ball then kind of falls a little bit awkwardly, hugs, uh, jogs off the field, hugs his teammates, hugs his coaches, and does not look to be in discomfort. That is important, according to Pro Football Doc, because if it was a more severe injury, maybe he wouldn't have been able to do that, according to Pro Football Doc. That is number one. The number two, and I recommend you find this video after the show is over, because I thought it was very insightful. I don't know anything about, uh, you know, about medicine or anything like that. I don't know. I'm not an expert at all on that front. This is all coming from Pro Football Doc, but I'm passing the information along to you. He also mentioned the fact that the bye week will be very helpful. That is pretty obvious for Dak Prescott. But one of the main key points that I that, that made me way calmer is that even though it's on the same side of the ankle injury, we should not be worried at, about that at all. Since Zach Prescott has been close to 100% for, since, since the season began, maybe since the offseason. Well, not the offseason because, of course, he had another injury that some say it was related to the ankle injury. We'll probably never know for sure. But we should not be concerned, it appears, about Zach Prescott's injury. We'll see how he, how he plays versus the Vikings. Maybe he won't be 100%. But it's looking like the concerns are being pushed a little bit by some media members rather than the team itself or the reporters themselves. So I'm not that concerned, to be honest with you. Shout out to everyone who is joining the show. Thank you for being here. Uh, Dallas Junk saying, super pumped to be getting Lyle and Gallup back. 
Lyle Collins was reinstated to the Dallas Cowboys today, by the way. That is right. And Michael Gallup, according to the reports, Mike McCarthy, well, Mike McCarthy himself said that he was hopeful. That was a word. The key word in this conversation was that McCarthy said that he was hopeful Michael Gallup would be back for that game versus the Minnesota Vikings. Man, hopefully that is the case. I love what Cedric Wilson has been able to do for the Cowboys during Gallup's absence, but we know Gallup is a different kind of receiver. Gallup can do a little bit of everything. Again, Wilson has done a great job covering for him on the Cowboys offense, but Michael should take this offense to another level, and we should be excited about that. It really opens up a lot of possibilities for the Cowboys because it means that you can be more flexible on where you're lining your receivers up. So we have seen... Kellen Moore and the Cowboys changed things up at receivers, and, and the Cowboys did not have a true slot wide receiver. There's one guy who lines up there most of the time, but you see Amari Cooper lined up in the slot. You see CeeDee Lamb as well. When Michael Gallup gets back, he will surely have that role as well in, in a few plays. So I like the Cowboys' possibility to switch things up with Michael Gallup back. Michael Gallup was real good hands like CeeDee Lamb, says Bruno da Silva over at Facebook. And that is completely right. And his ability to line up everywhere is a thing that the Cowboys uh, definitely miss. No doubt about that. Newman says, good thing is the division is pretty much in the bag if he needs more time, says Newman. Regarding, I imagine, Dak Prescott. But it's not looking like he will need even a week of more time. You never know. Oh, and the most, probably the most important thing that, that Pro Football Doc has also tweeted out, even after he published that original video, is that people have been concerned about Dak Prescott limping when he was, I think he was walking towards the team bus. And he's shown clearly limping. So, and people got a little bit concerned about that because if it's not serious, then why is he limping? And according to the doc, this has everything to do with the fact that he's in a walking boot and even if the injury is minor, walk, uh, using a walking boot is very, very awkward and complicated to do. I've never worn that. I mean, I've been on crutches and everything. I tore my ACL a few years ago, but I've never, but I've never you know, actually worn a, a walking boot. So I blindly believe pro football dog, though. He is usually very accurate. Like Dak said, the media needed something to talk about during our bye week, says Bill Young. Definitely doing us a favor uh, <laughs> is for everyone who records a podcast or writes articles or has a live show, definitely giving us something to talk about. Dak Prescott is a real MVP on the field and off the field. Balances TV Mac Broncos fans have already been clamoring for Kellen Moore on social media. Hardcore, so maybe them, LOL, says TV Mac. I imagine there was a question. Oh, I found it. Val Valentine asked on the YouTube chat, what teams do you think will go aggressively after Moore? Listen, the guy's 33 years old. He will be 34 next season. A lot of teams will be, you know, going after Kellen Moore. How aggressive, though, I'm not sure. And I'm, sure, I'm not sure if Mark Davis with the Raiders will, for example, be that aggressive after the John Gruden situation. But there will be teams interested in Kellen Moore. This might sound a little bit impressive to a lot of people because of his age, but that's the way the NFL has operated in the recent few years. That Sean McVay, Zach Taylor, Cliff Kingsbury, younger coaches are getting head coaching jobs everywhere in the NFL. 
but hopefully the the Cowboys front office gets Kellen Moore to stay. We know that money will not be an issue on that front. Jerry Jones will just keep opening up the wallet a little bit more and a little bit more. But the problem will be if Kellen Moore at some point says, you know what, I do want to be a head coach somewhere else. That might not be the case. Kellen Moore might want to stick as around as an offensive coordinator, liking his job security with Dak Prescott at quarterback and thinking about the long-term future of his coaching career. That might happen. Listen, the fact that Kellen Moore is absolutely killing it does not mean that he will be gone in a few years. I've talked about Kellen Moore potentially getting a head coaching job since 2019 when the Cowboys were being one of the most efficient offenses in the NFL. However, look around. Look around the league. There are a lot of hot coordinators who have stayed in their positions for a long time. Look no further than maybe Eric Bieniemy from the Kansas City Chiefs. We don't know if he has had more head coaching offers that we know about, but he has decided to stay with the Kansas City Chiefs. And I think for Kellen Moore, it really would be smart to take his time in Dallas. He has one of the best quarterbacks in the league, and Dak Prescott is way too young. He's not even 30 yet, which might be the pick of quarterbacks' careers. So I think that I think that Moore will stick around for a while with the Dallas Cowboys. I think that the fact that Jerry Jones is the owner of this team really helps the case. Let's see if, if, if that happens, though. I really hope it does because the Cowboys, maybe the main, the main two reasons why the Cowboys are 5-1 and one and are operating at the level that they are right now, I believe that the top two reasons are Dak Prescott and Kellen Moore. Even though we'll talk about Mike McCarthy on tonight's show, I still think those two are the biggest reasons why the Cowboys are performing at this level. Honestly, says TV Mac, I think that Moore needs a few more years until he's ready to be a head coach regardless. And that might be very true because remember, once you get that head coaching job, things change. You're no longer just the play caller and even the game planner, right? Your job grows exponentially. You're now basically the CEO of the team. You have to be in front of the media week in and week out. And the most complicated thing of it all might be actually implementing a culture and an identity within the NFL team. Time and time again, we see coaches, coordinators who are under important head coaches and big name head coaches try to leave for another head coaching job and try to replicate what his former head coach was doing on his original team. We see that every time, and yet we see coaches fail in doing so a lot of the times. Some get it right, but a lot of guys don't, and that is because of the culture, in my opinion. One thing is to know the playbook. One thing is to get that to your new team. Another is to get an operation going, especially in a league as competitive as the NFL. You have to bring in your guys, but you also have to bring in capable guys And you need people who buy into your project. You cannot have coordinators who disagree with their head coach and the identity that the head coach wants to implement on the team. At least that is my opinion. And that is what NFL history tells us and has proved to us again and again. So 
I, I think Stevie Mack has a point there. Kellen Moore might not be ready for that. Kellen Moore might, might not be ready for that yet. Do you think, says Dallas Junk, that Sean McKeon and D.A. or uh, Durant Armstrong will be back after the bye week? I'm not sure if D.A. we're talking about uh, Durant Armstrong, I would assume. So I think that Sean McKeon will. I do think so because the Cowboys have already activated the practice window and I would be surprised otherwise. But I think that Durant Armstrong is a little bit more of a... An uncertainty for me because of the Cowboys getting some production in the pass rush. Hopefully that yes. I, if I had to bet, I would bet on yes. But anyways, let's move on to the Cowboys, to the main topic of tonight's show. And I will start this off with a question in the chat. I don't think that the Cowboys will trade Demarcus Lawrence at all. There is a question in the chat uh, from Bruno. I don't think I don't think about that um, at all. Is Mike McCarthy overrated or underrated by the Cowboys fan base? Speaking of Kellen Moore, he is getting a lot of the credit, and that is well-deserved for Kellen Moore. Shout out to Moore. As I, say, as I said, I think he's one of the two main reasons why the Cowboys are 5-1 and one and killing it right now. But I think that Mike McCarthy is underrated by the Cowboys fan base. Underrated, says Val Valentine. Joshua Davis says underrated as well. Very underrated, says APJ. I agree with primetime field, by the way. Lots of dead money there if you trade DeMarcus Lawrence. Plus, I think that DeMarcus Lawrence still got it. Even though the sacks did not prove it, he still got it. He's, he might still be the best defender on the Dallas Cowboys. I still believe that as well. So surprisingly, I'm seeing a lot of comments saying underrated. I thought it would be a little bit more buried. But let's talk about the, the, the Cowboys' decision-making. Because at some points, I have killed the Cowboys' coaching staff because of some of the decisions that this team has made, including kicking the field goal versus the Patriots, the 51-yarder, instead of actually going for it in a situation in which I extremely believed that the Cowboys should have gone for it instead of going for the three points only. Yet the Cowboys have proven that their decision-making has been good this season. Again, I, I don't agree with them all, and I actually will uh, mention that if, after showing you this initial graph. But look at the Cowboys and how they're being one of the most aggressively teams, one of the most aggressive teams, excuse me, on four down this season. And if you take a look at this graph from Ben Baldwin's website on which teams should go, go for it when they should, you see that the Cowboys are actually number two in the NFL, only behind the Kevin Stefanski's Cleveland Browns. You got to love this. Mike McCarthy got the Cowboys head coaching job by talking about, by, by talking about analytics and talking about during his, how, during his time away, he started researching the whole analytics trend in depth and was going to adopt it for his next coaching stop. During 2020, it appeared that he was lying to us. I strongly believe that because his decision-making did not fit into what the analytics said. And now 
Mike McCarthy's flipping that script around. The Cowboys are the second team in the NFL in terms of going for it accurately when they should. And that is huge for the Dallas Cowboys, especially when you're involved in close games like the Cowboys were in 20 in Foxborough, excuse me, versus the Patriots. Now, this still needs to improve though, because if you take a look at this graph, and as I said, they are the second best team in fourth down decision making. Now, in case you're wondering how is this measured, this is measured in terms of win probability. And how much are you gaining in win probability by actually going for it instead of punting the football? This does not take into account whether you're actually converting the fourth down attempts or not. This is just taking into account should you or shouldn't you? And I think that is the smart way to go about this because the the outcome does not impact the decision because the decision comes before the outcome. So if you make the right decision and then the outcome is not favorable to you, it is still a right decision and the Cowboys are making the good ones so far. However, when they are messing it up, they are messing it up big time as the Cowboys are the fourth team, just like they're the second team to gain the most win probability by going for it, they are the fourth team in the NFL in win probability lost for not going for it. And this is because a few plays in which the Cowboys clearly had to go for it, yet they didn't, including that field goal attempt that I talked about, including that, uh, I don't remember the situation, but there was a Cowboys punt that left 9% win probabilities on the field after punting the ball. Like the recommendation was a very strong go for it by the analytics departments and the four down account on Twitter, which I think it's a great model that Cowboys and NFL fans should be following. And according to that four down model from Ben Baldwin, the Cowboys were leaving 9% win probabilities on the field by not going for it. So the Cowboys overall are having good decision-making, but there are some big miscues from the Cowboys, though, and that has affected them as well. But I think that the fact that the Cowboys are making these decisions are one of the big reasons why they are 5-1. and one. And that is all Mike McCarthy. Mike McCarthy is in charge of deciding whether or not the Cowboys will go for it. That is one of the good of the things that they are doing right. Now, last game versus the Patriots yesterday was a perfect example of another shift in the coaching philosophy from the Cowboys uh, team and the Cowboys coaching staff. And that is about, even though everything is going against you, you're still looking for ways to win and you're adjusting as the game goes on. We talked about it uh, a few weeks ago. I think it was before the Giants game that Jason Garrett had this philosophy on, apparently, on playing strength versus strength instead of adjusting and finding the opposing team's weakness. And I thought that the Patriots game was a perfect example of it. The Cowboys came into the game believing that the Patriots had a poor run defense because they were ranked in the bottom 12 in terms of efficiency versus the run. And on the other hand, they were ranked within the top 10 versus the pass. But it came a point in the game in which the Cowboys steered clear from the run because the Patriots were clearly attacking that. And they put the game in the hands of their best player, Dak Prescott. 
And that is all coaching as well. That is the Cowboys coaching staff making the right decisions, not only pregame, but as the game goes on. And I've loved that about the Dallas Cowboys. And I think Cowboys fans have not been seeing this kind of coaching, had not seen, excuse me, this sort of coaching for a long time before Mike McCarthy. 2020 is tough to judge, but 2021, which is the first year in which Mike McCarthy has had Dak Prescott for at least six weeks, things are looking up. And he's not had Lyle Collins, for example. Great stat from RJ Ochoa this, this week in which he said, Mike McCarthy has been coaching the Cowboys for 22 games, and he has had Lyle Collins for only one, which is the Tampa Bay Bucks this season. Depth is a rare beer to you on the NFL, says Loopy Potato. And we haven't had it in a long time. I hope this level is sustained. Minnesota is a very good team, a couple of plays, and they would be 5-1. and one. They built a lot. They are built a lot like us. Hey, Kirk Cousins, don't tell anyone, but people who are paying attention to the Minnesota Vikings know that Kirk Cousins is playing great football right now. He really is. And you got to be concerned about that offense playing versus the Cowboys' defense. I've said this again and again. I'm, I'm more worried about facing elite offenses than I am elite defenses. I'm not calling the Vikings elite because they are very inconsistent. But Kirk Cousins is playing some good, good football. And it's time to pay attention to that if you are Dallas Cowboys. I honestly believe, uh, says Bal Valentine on YouTube, I honestly believe if we played the Bucs in next two or three games, we would win it, says Ballantyne. And I think that is a fair take, definitely. Uh, if I had to prove to improve something, it would just be backup left tackle. I know Connor and Tyler aren't doing their best, but do you mess with the formula, says Primetime Phil. You probably don't like you, you probably do not want to mess with the formula, but if, if there is room for improvement and it comes to a point in which you say, you know what, having Connor McGovern over uh, Connor Williams will clearly improve our offense. If you feel that way, then I, I'm, I'm all for, for messing with the formula, in my opinion. But my question is, do the Cowboys coaches feel that way? I don't think that McGovern will replace Vyadish, though. And Brian Brothers talked about this on his Twitter account not that long ago. And he mentioned that McGovern would have some of the same issues than Vyadish is having at center. So I'm, I'm not worried about the Cowboys still playing number 63. I'm, however, I do wonder if the Cowboys at some point will, have, will want to involve McGovern, who has a longer contract than Williams, whose contract expires this season. I'm looking forward to seeing if the Cowboys will actually pull the trigger at some point this season on that offensive line. Because the Cowboys have been clear on their status when it comes to McGovern. They like him. Stephen Jones, just before the season, uh, just, just before the season, we're, we're talking about, was talking about on 105.3 the fan that McGovern was still competing for a starting spot when we had no, no idea that was the case. So the Cowboys clearly like this guy, and it might happen, and I wouldn't be worried about messing with the formula. If they feel that is the right thing to do, let them do it. Shogun reminding you to smash that like button. If you're watching the show and you're enjoying it, hit the like button. Make sure you share the show as well. If you're watching on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter, we are improving the show as we go. 
Lupi says, we're, were you surprised how well the Pats ran a cover one bracket all game? Because I was. They cracked, but it took four quarters for them to slip. Was impressing running man all night long and hanging, says Lupi. And I think it was a pretty even battle, but I agree with Lupi. Actually, during the game week, I thought that the Patriots were going to steer away from their go-to coverage. We mentioned in the show that coming into the game, they were running Cobra 1 at the highest rate in the NFL. They were running it at about 55% of their plays. And I honestly believed that they were going to adjust before facing this Cowboys team. I thought they were cho- they were going to show some more respect. They didn't, and it was working out for them. J.C. Jackson had a good game. Was not was burnt at some points. However, had a good game overall. Cedric Wilson was going to get a great touchdown, but Jonathan Jones made sure. And I'm not sure if these plays that I'm mentioning were cover one specifically, but shout out to the Patriots defense. They they did a good job. Definitely. Definitely did. Now, before we go, we need to talk. We need to have our overreaction Monday segment before we leave tonight's show and as always you know how it works you guys are going to answer in the chat whether my the take that i'm offering is a fair reaction or an overreaction and we will start with one regarding the dallas cowboys and their pass rusher randy gregory what a game from gregory versus the patriots that hit versus mac jones was insane we have not stopped watching it if you're like me you have not stopped watching it every single day but randy gregory will demand 20 million plus per year is that a fair reaction or an overreaction and if you want a point of reference before you answer i will give it to you very quickly and the titans are about to carry a lead into halftime unless the Bills score with 53 seconds. Now, if you want a, a point of reference, 20 million might sound like a lot, but edge rusher money is getting closer and closer to quarterback money when Jimmy G signed his contract extension. TJ Watt is averaging 28 million per year, Joey Bosa 27, Miles Garrett is at 25. Khalil Mack at 23 and a half and Marcus Lawrence at 21. So getting a 20 million contract for a pass rusher who's playing at the level that Randy Gregory is might not sound that crazy. So I will say fair reaction. He's, he needs to keep it up, of course, and he needs to be consistent for the rest of the year. So we'll see. As, as Cooper is saying in Facebook, see how he does the rest of the year. But this is overreaction Monday. We need, we need an answer. We need overreaction or fair reaction, right? So I will say fair reaction, though. I think, I think 20 million is, is sounding like a high number to a lot of people, but I think it's no longer that high of a number. Uh, little by little, more average edge rushers will be not, not really average. Very good, yet not elite pass rushers will be getting those kind of numbers. However, he needs to be consistent. And again, I need the Cowboys to pull the hometown discount off when it comes to Randy Gregory. I'm not a big believer on hometown discounts. 
I think that those are very rare in the NFL. And when Dak Prescott was negotiating his contract with the Cowboys, I had zero hopes that he was going to give the Cowboys a hometown discount. But man, the Cowboys have been backing up Randy Gregory. I think he doesn't deserve to, to take a discount. I think he should go and get his money. But if there's one guy that, I'm, that I would assume he might do it, it would be Randy Gregory, just because of how the front office has supported him for a long, long time. Cactus says, why should he take less? Says Cactus. And I, I, I don't mean that he should take less. I'm just saying if someone will take less, it might be Randy for the Dallas Cowboys. Because he wants to stay, as Valentine says, and he's a Jerry guy. Maybe that happens. Maybe that happens. Uh, we have Goldstone take that 20 and split it between Neil, Cassie, and Hooker, says Loopy. Interesting take. It might, it might happen. We don't know. The Cowboys' salary cap situation will be definitely a great discussion in 2022. So, moving on, and I think we had a, a very varied answer. We had fair, fair, and then we had more overreaction answers from Dallas Junk and David on YouTube. In my opinion, says Val Valentine, coming in with the hot take, he is playing better than Boza. And I would assume he's talking about Joey Boza. Now, moving on to the next overreaction or fair reaction, however you want to call it. But this is regarding the Detroit Lions. As you know, Rod Marinelli had that 016 season for the Lions. And after six weeks of action, will the Lions have another winless season? The Lions will have another winless season. Is that an overreaction or is that a fair reaction? And I'm pulling up the schedule right now because, of course, that needs to be done. And, man, you want Dan Campbell to get that win. I think that every NFL fan who has a heart wants the Lions to get a win for Dan Campbell. Now, it's still very early, so I need to go with overreaction for this one. But his is, but their schedule, their schedule is is not that favorable. Let me let me show you some of the games that are next for the Lions. They have the Rams next week, the Eagles, maybe a winnable game. But then you have Pittsburgh. I'm not sure that they're going to survive the Steelers defense, even though the Steelers offense is having every issue that they can right now. But then you have Cleveland, Chicago, Minnesota, Denver, Arizona, Atlanta, Seattle, and Green Bay. You might beat Atlanta. You might beat the Broncos, the Bears, and the Steelers, and the Eagles. Other than that, it's not like they have a lot of chances, though. So I will say overreaction, but, but it's a little bit closer than we think, I, I believe. Over says primetime field. Team Hall says over. But Battle Valentine will say fair. Todd over. Bruno overreaction. It is tough to go winless in the NFL. Just like it is tough to go undefeated. Going wingless is a, a you know, an achievement. Let's call it an achievement. I mean, sarcastic, of course. Lions will get them one at least, says Lupi. Now, they have been close to beating some teams. Goff is saying, why LA, why, says Lunatic. There was a moment on that Monday night football broadcast when they played the Packers which was just sad to watch. Peyton Manning was on that Peyton and Eli broadcast that, they, that they've been having on some Monday nights. 
Jared Goff was clearly frustrated. And then Manning was talking about his situation and how it was a very bad stuff to be in. And while he was talking about it, the TV broadcast was zooming in on Jared Goff being frustrated on the sidelines. And it was a sad moment on the TV broadcast. Poor, poor Jared Goff. Cannot, and meanwhile, you have Sean McVay saying, because McVay said this after, I think, the first two or three weeks of the season. I don't remember when this Monday night football game was. But Sean McVay really went out there and said that he wanted to thank Jared Goff because it was players like him who, were, who helped him build a team that Matthew Stafford would want to come to. Now, that was just a cruel thing to say by, by Sean McVay, in my opinion. At least they will go 8-8 eight and eight if Jason Garrett becomes the coach. <laughs> they will not win any games, says Eugene. The Lions will win two games, says William. So a little bit of disagreement on that one. That was a good one. Now, for the final one, before we leave for the Denver Broncos, it is time to stop the Teddy Bridgewater project. Is that a fair reaction or an overreaction? The Broncos got off to a hot start. They were 3-0. Now they're 3-3. And and things are looking bad for the Broncos. And Teddy Bridgewater was a play for the Broncos because they wanted to have the safest quarterback on the field and try to take advantage and make the most out of their hot defense. But now Teddy Bridgewater is turning the ball over. And he had four turnovers this week alone versus the Raiders who were coming into the game days after John Gruden's resign. So it is a tough situation for the Broncos. I will say fair reaction on this one. I think I will say fair reaction because if I'm the Broncos, I, I want to find out who Drew Luck is before I go into the 2022 offseason thinking about A, drafting a quarterback, or B, trading for Aaron Rodgers. So I will say it is a fair reaction because I was betting on Teddy B over Drew Luck, maybe just because he was the safest quarterback and because I trusted him not to turn the ball over. It might have been just one game, but the fact that the Broncos are already at 3-3 three and three with Teddy Bridgewater's play decreasing, I will say that it is a fair reaction on this one. And again, a, a little bit of disagreement on the chat. So we have Bal Ballantyne going with fair. Primetime field goes with over. Eugene does too. Bruno said it's, it is still too early. John Jones saying, what is up, ADC and Cowboys Nation? What is up to John Jones? Thank you for being here. Not as bad as the Drew Locke experiment, says Lunatic. Hmm, that might be it. Fair, says TV Mac, but they are missing some players like Jerry Judy, though. Joshua goes with fair. Primetime Phil is, asked, is saying that he's interested in seeing if he can pull out of it. There has not been a single team that has hung in there. Man, but, but, but he, he has had some opportunities, I think. He has had some opportunities. We'll see. I think it is a fair one. I think it is a fair one. How did the Titans go into halftime? Was it a 17? Uh, oh, no. The Bills scored. I missed that. I completely missed that. I got focused on the overreaction Monday segment. Bridgewater slips on some of his throws. His Val Valentine can let go of Teddy. However, Teddy covers. So if you are a better, 
you want Teddy Bridgewater to remain the Broncos quarterback. I don't know if you have looked at those stats, but Teddy Bridgewater covers the spread, and that is nice to have. So that will be it for me tonight, guys, here on ADC Sports Dallas Primetime. Thank you all for joining me on tonight's show. We will have another packed show tomorrow night here on ADC Sports Dallas Primetime. I'm excited about this week. It is a bye week for the Cowboys, but still a lot to discuss regarding this 2021 team that is looking little by little as a true contender within the NFC. Probably a top three team within the conference, a top four team at worst. Make sure you check out adcsports.com slash Dallas for more Cowboys content. David says, thanks Mauricio, but all the country, thanks to all of you who choose to listen to ADC Sports Dallas primetime every night. I will see you tomorrow at 8 p.m. Central. Enjoy the rest of the Monday night game and I will see you tomorrow night. Thank you very much. Enjoy your baseball as well.